What is it about the unknown that fascinates us so much? Is it for the thrill of it all? Or do we seek proof of life after death? Whatever our reason may be, we find ourselves being drawn in by these places and the bone-chilling tales that they have to offer. Tortured souls cross boundaries to reach out with stories that they want to share with us. There are times we simply hear the echoes of a memory on loop. The question that remains is this, are you open-minded enough to handle it? Dive into the paranormal with DC O'Rourke, your personal guide, as we traverse the globe to dissect haunted places in each and every episode of Hauntingly Yours, a podcast for the paranormal where the spirits are always waiting. Welcome back, friends. I'm DC O'Rourke, and this is Hauntingly Yours, a podcast for the paranormal. Here we all are, together once again, tuning in for yet another episode to learn all about the world's haunted places. <sighs> episode 10. It's going to be a special episode because we're going to focus on two haunted locations from the country of India. My Indian listeners, hello to you, and I hope you enjoy. To get to our first locale, we must venture to the state of Rajasthan, which is the largest Indian state by area and the seventh largest in terms of population. India is already a country steeped in mysticism and intrigue, from its colorful history to its gorgeous architecture and its bountiful folklore. The belief in the paranormal, as it would turn out, just permeates throughout the soil. Interestingly enough, renowned Indian paranormal investigator Jay Alani opened up a paranormal hotline earlier on in March of this year. According to him, since the COVID-19 pandemic hit, there has been an increase in people having paranormal experiences. They called the line desperate to find some sort of relief. The main motive behind the hotline is to provide scientific solutions to those who are encountering any unusual incidents or have any questions about the paranormal world. Black magic and mesmerism are a real problem in India, and they are propagated and advertised freely. Unfortunately, people fall into traps all the time involving 
babas, tantrics, and ojas due to just a simple lack of knowledge. The hotline has been getting as many as 8 to 10 calls a day. Wow. That's, that's incredible. I approve of this idea, though. I honestly think it could be very, very helpful for people here in the United States. Would it get a lot of backlash? Absolutely. But I think it would be beneficial all the same. Back to Rajasthan, though. I have discovered that the state is a particularly haunted one. Scattered across its 132 plus thousand miles are lots of places with amazing stories to tell. I can tell you, I've been researching the hell out of these places. There's so many different choices, and it wasn't exactly an easy choice for me to make here, but I narrowed it down to one. <laughs> Thankfully, my location of choice from Rajasan is none other than Bangar Fort. The fort is said to be the most haunted place in the country. Abandoned long ago, locals refer to it as the Boot Bangla, which means House of Ghosts. The moment I happened across it, I, all I had to do was take a look at one photograph and two words popped into my mind, hauntingly beautiful. All accounts seem to differ on the creation of the fort, but a good chunk of them claim it was in the mid-17th century. Situated amongst the Iravali Hills, the fort and town were built thanks to the efforts of Raja Madhu Singh. Supposedly, it had all the proper requirements to make it a truly fine Rajput principality. Said to be closely modeled after the Shah Jahanabad Fort in Old Delhi, it finds itself enclosed with four gigantic gates in every direction. There is the Lahori Gate, the Ajmere Gate, the Full Body Gate, and the Delhi Gate. What's even more interesting is the fort has more than half a dozen small temples that includes those of Hanuman, Mangaladevi, uh, Gopanath, and others. Hanuman, for example, is the monkey god in the Hindu faith that is known for his daring feats and the ability to destroy evil. Fun fact, there is another temple in Rajasthan called Mahandipur Balaji temple that pays tribute to the monkey god regularly. The place is famed for its exorcism rituals, by the way. I'll be sure to share an article about that in the Hauntingly Yours Lounge on Facebook later. Turns out the Gopanath temple is built above a 14-foot raised plinth, and yellow stones are used for the intricate carvings of the temple. The residence of the priest, called the Purohiji Ki Havali, is located in the pre precincts of the temple complex. Next in order is the Nation Ki Havali, which is the dancer's palace, and the Jahari Bazaar, which is the marketplace where ladies would buy jewelry and things like that. This, of course, would be followed by the Gopanath Temple. The Royal Palace is located at the extreme end of the fort's limits. What was once a great town, though, is nothing more than a, a, a mere footnote on the pages of history today. All the information that is available is very scarce. I mean, multiple websites say multiple things about it. The information's conflicting what little that there is. So 
we're forced to turn to the legends, to the folklore, to hopefully find some semblance of an answer to our questions. For me, my question is this. Why is this place the most haunted place in India? One legend says that Madho Singh had apparently built the fort after striking an agreement with a guru named Bala Nath, who lived nearby. The agreement was that Madho would never allow the shadow of his fort to fall upon the guru's home. A simple enough request, if you ask me. I mean, okay. Later on, a new ruler came to power and totally disregarded the agreement that was in place. He built upon the fort, took it to great heights. The shadow of Bangar Forts fell upon the Guru's home, and he was outraged. No surprise there. He placed a terrible curse upon the fort and all its inhabitants. The innocent people within those walls, they, they were wiped out within a short period of time. The Guru said that no one would ever dwell here ever again. As time went on and the place became a ghost town, others would try to move in. They would try to move within the vicinity but to no avail. Their houses would go up, roofs would go on these houses, and every single time the roofs would cave in. People would start to think, okay, maybe there's something to this whole legend about Guru Balanath and no one ever living here ever again. Well, I should probably mention this. Guru Balanath, <laughs> his, uh, his tomb is within the vicinity of the fort. I mean, it's within walking distance. If you ask me, I think that this just might be the cause of the place being haunted. Not so much a curse, but an angry spirit. Anywho, let's move on. This next one, I, pr I actually particularly like a lot. It's an oldie, but a goodie, as you, as some of us would say. This one involves the tale of the beautiful pr princess, Ratnavati. According to legend, she ended up meeting a sorcerer who fell under her womanly spell. He followed her everywhere she went. He begged the princess to be his bride. Ratnavati was an intelligent and strong-willed woman. She knew this man for what he was. He was vile, sadistic, and he was into the black arts. A solid no was given as her answer to his wedding proposal. One day, Princess Ratnavati went to market and began to look at the exotic perfumes that were for sale. The sorcerer spied on her from behind the comforts of an old banyan tree. It was then that he came up with a plan. Later on that evening, he would sneak his way into her quarters and find that bottle of perfume. And this is exactly what the guy did, too. He sneaked into her quarters, found that perfume, he unscrewed the lid, and then he poured in to its contents some kind of concoction he had made, shook it up, and off he went. If she wouldn't marry him willingly, he would make her. The following day, the princess went to the open window of her room, and she looked out on the green and thought, what a beautiful day. Well, she turned and she grabbed that bottle of perfume that she had bought. She opened up the lid and all of a sudden she was hit with this awful stench. Something was not quite right. All the while, her sorcerer, who would simply not go away, watched her 
from outside. His camouflage? Some huge boulders that prevented the princess from seeing him. Well, Princess Ratnavati sniffed that perfume, and she knew, once again, her suspicions were right. Someone had tampered with it. She could pretty much smell the black magic that was oozing out of it. Angrily, she walked back over to her window, looked out, and chunked that perfume bottle at the nearest boulder, which was within throwing distance. It just so happened, it was the very one the sorcerer was hiding behind. The bottle hit the boulder, and its contents spilled everywhere as the bottle shattered. The black magic within was now activated. The boulder began to shake violently, and soon enough, it was rolling. The sorcerer jumped and tried to make his escape, but it was too late. It had rolled on top of him. In his last moments, as he groaned in sheer agony, he placed a curse on the fort that would rain down pestilence and grief until the end of time. Isn't that great? There's nothing like a 400-year-old stalker story to warm the blood. Mm -mm. The following year, the Bangar ruler suffered a terrible defeat from a nearby neighboring king. His army was annihilated and his people were torn to shreds. The fate of Princess Ratnavati was unknown and remains that way until this very day. Perhaps she is one of the many spirits that still wander the fort. Over the years, people have claimed to have seen a beautiful woman who walks the walls of the place. She's dressed like a princess. No sooner you lay eyes on her, you become mesmerized and you can't look away. Your eyes fall backwards into their sockets. You fall to your knees and after a few seconds, you just go back to normal. The walls of the fort are empty when you come to and you can't seem to recall what exactly happened. Now a tourist attraction that is protected by the Archaeological Survey of India, people come from all over the place to view this timeless beauty. They explore her different nooks and crannies, they take photographs, they get told the many stories of how she became the ghost town that she is. Locals in the area say that, say that at night, the fort takes on a whole new appearance. The atmosphere that surrounds it becomes thick and heavy with a negative energy. The wildlife in the area seem to pick up on this. Their screams fill the airwaves as they move all around the place. Strange lights can be seen from within. Ominous figures walk the ramparts. Mysterious sounds are heard aside from the animals that adds a whole nother layer of chilliness to, to the surroundings. There have been reports of witches, demons, and even jinns here. The Archaeological Survey of India has a sign posted out front that warns that visitation to the fort after sunset is absolutely forbidden. It is dangerous. Many people have gone missing from here while others have been killed by random leopards and tigers on the prowl. Others believe it's because of the many spirits that still call this place home. They do refer to it as Boot Bangla, after all. Thrill seekers still avoid the cautionary sign, though, and enter the fort after sunset. Go figure. They go in search of spirits and other things that go bump in the night. Locals will tell you straightforwardly, tragedy 
almost always befalls them. One night a few years back, three teenage friends climbed the long road that led to Bangor Fort. They were terribly excited to see some gins up close and personal. They had brought their cell phones and curiosities. Other than that, they had nothing else. Upon getting to the gate of the fort, they were greeted by the sign that warned no entry after sunset. They laughed their heads off and entered anyway. Photo after photo they took as they moved around and throughout the fort. Orbs in different spiritual forms seemed to be showing up in some of those photos. At one point, they found themselves near an old well. One of the friends leaned down and got himself a good, hard look. He aimed his phone in there, too. His friends, they were close by. They had their backs turned, taking photos, talking amongst themselves. Suddenly, a creepy apparition of a man in black robes appeared. He passed by the teenager at the well and... Well, he kind of knocked him in. He was moving a little too fast. The other two teenagers turned quickly, hearing the commotion, and they ran over to help their friend as he was now yelling, Please help! Immediately, they rescued him. They got him out of there, got him to safety. Thankfully, he had only sustained minor injuries. He had some various cuts and scratches. That was about it. From there, they decided that it was best if they got him to a hospital. Just to be on the safe side, he should probably get looked over. As they fled the fort and began the trek back down the long road to leave Bangar, a terrible thing happened. A huge boulder broke loose from somewhere up in the hills near the fort and rolled down the hill and onto the road. The boulder crushed those friends instantly, killing them all. From there, <laughs> oh, wow. From there, we have the story of two YouTube stars who fancied themselves haunted explorers. They entered Bangor Fort late one evening, took advantage of the cover of darkness they had been afforded. One of them filmed with his phone and the other narrated as they began their haunted adventure. Great footage was captured from all over the fort. Great footage. The stars wondered all the while, though, as they walked along, if they would actually see anything remotely paranormal. A couple of wild monkeys were seen at one point, and the two of them nearly jumped out of their skins. A short while later, they came upon an old room and saw what looked like a little boy sitting in a corner crying. His hair was matted to his forehead, it looked like. The room had no doors, and it had a grilled window. They began speaking to him. They asked what the matter was. He didn't respond. One of the stars shined his cell phone light while the other decided to speak with him, but he needed to change his voice. So he made himself sound more paternal. What is your name, my child? He asked. The boy stopped crying right away. He turned to look at them both. It revealed that he had no eyes in his sockets. The YouTube stars gasped at the same time and tripped over their own feet as they took off running. The little boy with no eyes charged after them, screaming, Miryankin! Miryankin! He screamed it repeatedly as if he were on loop. By the way, that translates to, My eyes! My eyes! My eyes! 
But at the time the stars made it outside the walls of the fort, the little boy had vanished. Their hearts pounded wildly in their ears. Two security officers quickly approached the two of them and asked if they were okay and what they were up to. They explained exactly what they were doing. They explained exactly what they had seen. The guards looked at one another sheepishly, and then they said that they should be thankful. Most that have seen that spirit of that little boy have never made it out of the fort alive. Our last story from Bangar Fort involves a brother and sister named Rajdeep and Ekani. These two, they found they were a little bored one night. Curiosity got the better of them. They drove up the road to the fort and parked their car off to the side of the road where it could not be seen. As they walked along, Akani noticed a strange figure walking along the walls of the fort. She screamed, but threw a hand up over her mouth to muffle it so she wouldn't draw too much attention. All she could do now was point to explain herself. Rajdeep looked in the proper direction and saw nothing. They continued walking. As they entered the fort, they passed a 300-year-old banyan tree that reached out for them with wiry fingers. The air in the fort felt different. The temperature was chillier than outside the walls. They walked along anyway. Eventually, they came upon the Hanuman Temple with its classic architecture and stepped inside. All was quiet inside the fort, but inside the temple was even quieter. Honestly, it was eerie. Both Akane and her brother pulled flashlights from their pockets and shined them all around the place. Their lights went up and down the walls, scanning everything. After a few minutes of just quietly exploring and admiring the architecture, they heard the very distinctive sounds of someone moving around. It seemed like it was not too far off in the distance. They ended up running over to the source of the sounds and swung their lights inside what appeared to be a small room. What they discovered was truly the stuff nightmares are made of. A naked woman with long flowing black hair was on her knees. Her back was torn to shreds and she was in chains. A large bald man with tattoos and a couple of piercings stood near her and repeatedly hit her with a whip. Each time he hit her, she screamed, and it sent chills down the siblings' spines. Before they even had time to react, the bald man stopped what he was doing. His head spun, and his attention focused on his intruders. He yelled in a voice that just sounded completely demonic. Leave this place. Leave now. Let's just say they heeded the advice and took off running as fast as they could go. Their breathing was shallow. They felt as if they were going to pass out they were running so fast. It was time to go, though. No doubt about it. Right as they got out of the temple, they saw this big flash of light. Demonic-like screams could be heard throughout the place. They echoed everywhere. Then the walls began to shake as if they were about to be torn down. Finally, they made it to the car, out of breath, but they started that car up, they sped out of there, and they had no intent of ever coming back to that place. They got the proof that they were looking for. These are just a few of the many stories that have come out of Bangar Fort over the years. Locals and different tourists won't hesitate to tell you about them. 
They'll even warn you if they see you poking around after hours. Visiting, it, visiting during the daytime? Yeah, go for it. Always recommend it. I actually hope to be able to do it myself one day. Interesting factoid here. There's also an animal reserve nearby called the Sarishka Tiger Reserve. I've, I have even more of a reason to visit now, as I am a total cat man. The place is hauntingly beautiful, as I said, and in more ways than one. I really need to investigate this location one day. I feel like it would be the paranormal investigation of a lifetime. So there are two questions that remain here now. Is the fort haunted? Is the fort cursed? I think there are some things in this life that we're just not meant to understand, but from looking at the stories alone, I'm inclined to believe it's at least haunted. The locals call it the House of Ghosts for a reason. Am I wrong? Okay. Whew. I'm going to take a breather here really quick. What'd you guys think of the stories of Bangor Fort? Pretty cool, huh? Some of them, I mean, just ooh, spooky. Love it, though. I absolutely love it. Now, let's switch gears. I promised you guys a two-part episode. So, without further ado, let's just go ahead and take a quick break, and we'll hear a word from our sponsors. And when we come back, we'll start dissecting the next haunted location in India, the Mukesh Mills, which is located in Mumbai. Love the stories out of here, guys, and I know you will too. So, I'll check you in a few, okay? Hey guys, what's up? DC here from Hauntingly Yours, a podcast for the paranormal. Have you ever thought about podcasting? Then let me recommend Anger. It's free, totally easy to use. They provide you with all the tools you need, and you can actually make money off of it with no minimal listenership. Yeah, pretty cool stuff. So check them out if you're interested. Anchor.fm. Don't hesitate. Get on it today. And we are back. All right. So here we are. Let's do this. Mukesh Mills. Yes, I am so excited. From what I understand, hanging out in Mumbai, where the Mills is located, is supposed to be a pretty awesome experience. The city is lively. The architecture is beautiful. And for those who are interested... There's no shortage of abandoned or haunted places to explore. Just on the Arabian seashore in the Kolaba region is where the Mukesh Mills is located. The building sits deserted and it's been that way for quite some time. It has a dark past and honestly, I think most people know about it. It seems like a lot of them are afraid to go near it as they've had experiences they can't explain. Either that or they have at least heard the stories. From apparitions of ghostly smokers to demonic possession, people are forever on edge whenever, whenever they come near here. The building also has an energy of its own making and it appears to be an unwelcoming one. 
Locals have dubbed it one of the most haunted places in Mumbai. William Shakespeare once wrote something that I feel is all too fitting. He wrote, Hell is empty and all the devils are here. How about we investigate this further and try to understand the meaning behind that? Mukesh Mills, originally called Mukesh Textile Mills, was established in the 1870s by Mulajbiha Madhavani, who was the owner of East African Hardware. There has been conflicting information over the years that has said the British East India Company had set up these mills, but that appears to be incorrect. Being the only mill in Mumbai, it it's always had this large private dock where boats used to be able to come up and unload large bales of cotton. It was also used for loading yards of finished cloth. Once this was done, they would be ferried out to larger ships that were anchored out in the Arabian Sea. Many years later, in 1975, the entire 10 acres of property was entirely renovated. Well, that all kind of got wasted, unfortunately, because just a few short laters, the entire business went under. January 18th, 1982, the workers of the mill went on strike. Almost immediately afterwards, a ferocious fire broke out in the mill and consumed everything. There was no choice but to close it up for good. The cause of the fire, unfortunately, was never determined. Some people think it was caused by unseen forces. Others think that it was just the angry workforce trying to strike back at their employer. Who can really say? For a long time, no one wanted anything to do with this property at all whatsoever. Real estate developers and many different businessmen declined interest in buying the place to fix it up. Mukesh textile mills just fell into further and further disrepair. A few years back, though, the film industry in Mumbai took great interest in the location and said it would be the perfect place to shoot horror films. They knew it was an eerie asset that they absolutely had to have. Before you know it, a deal had been struck. The mills had been purchased, and soon enough it was converted into a film studio and renamed Mukesh Mills Film Studios. A couple of months after the place was fixed up, the staff who worked there all realized weird things were happening to them. Throughout the day, different workers would feel like there were people watching them from the shadows who weren't there. They'd hear footsteps ascending staircases, disembodied voices calling out to them. They'd even see an overabundance of shadow people. Those, in my opinion, are the worst. I've seen too many in my lifetime. Soon, actors and actresses were refusing to work in the studio because they knew something was up. They, too, were having experiences and not very good ones. While this place was the perfect spot to shoot horror films, it still had this whole different vibe about it that most people just couldn't put a finger on. Not too long ago, an upcoming actress, Amala, found herself in a supporting role in a pretty big-budget horror film that was being shot at the Mooncash Mills studio. She showed up for her call time, 8 p.m., 
and waited in her dressing room until she was needed. An hour or so later, the first AD on the shoot came to get her and brought her to set. Two other actors, a man and a woman, showed up a short while later, along with their stand-ins. The director laid out the scene before them, explained the actions that he wanted to see take place. They broke off, took their marks. The director came to Amala and gave her very specific directions. You've just been possessed by the demon who killed your sister. You are in a fight for your life. Your father and mother are off in a corner. They're terrified. They don't know how to help you. With that, he jumped in his chair and yelled, Action! Amala fell to her knees. She wailed at the top of her lungs. The actors playing her parents off in the corner became stricken with fear. They told her not to give up. Do not let the evil in. She placed both her hands on the ground firmly and her breathing became heavy. The entire casting crew watched in awe. Then Amala reared back her head to show that her eyes were completely black. Her long brown hair cascaded down her back. The saliva kicked up in her mouth and formed in pools at the corners. Her voice changed into a very deep, manly voice. You don't belong here. Get out or I will take the girl. The lights on the set all blew out at once and the crew took off without a moment's notice. The rest of the cast, well, they picked up their jaws and they took off running too. It was obvious to them that an evil entity had taken a hold of this poor actress. They damn sure didn't plan on sticking around long enough to find out who, who or what it was either. Who could blame them? I would have been looking up the nearest exorcist. That's just plain scary. Many moons ago now, a lonely watchman was closing up the gates of the mill late one evening. He whistled a fine tune to himself from singer Dollar Mendy, even danced a bit as he did so. The gates met and the lock was set in place. The watchman walked away slowly, when all of a sudden he heard sweet music. It filled his ears. The sounds froze him, though. He knew better than anyone that the mills had closed for the night. There was no way music could be coming from within. The crew had all gone home. He turned around to face the building, and sure enough, he pinpointed that's exactly where the music was coming from. The watchman peeked through the gate, standing up on the tips of his toes. He really couldn't see much of anything. Just as he was about to give up, a light came on near the front door. He stared at it curiously as the door opened up ever so slowly. No one walked out. Footsteps were heard, and they happened to be heading right in his direction. He panicked, but for some reason, he still couldn't look away. The footsteps drew closer, and closer, and closer, and once they got to the gate, they just sort of stopped. The poor watchman looked all over the place. Nobody was there. This was freaking him out. He took out his keys, though. He, he, hadn't, he had a job to do. He needed to unlock the gates and verify if someone was actually there or not. Well, here he is. He's fumbling with the keys, and then suddenly... A billowy apparition of a young man appeared, holding a cigarette. He looked at the watchman, and he asked with a smile on his face, Ek prakash hai? Have a light? 
The watchman fainted, and later when he reported the situation, he said that he wasn't sure what he saw exactly. He thought he saw someone, but eh, he was so scared in the moment that he could have just been imagining things. I'll, I, me personally, I'll, I'll give him the benefit of a doubt. It's certainly possible. You're alone at night. No one else is around. Your mind can wander and you get paranoid. You see things. I've been there. I've done that. And I think most of us can probably all relate, at least to a certain degree. At the same time, though, what if the watchman actually had himself a ghostly encounter? I do think that's another option that really should be weighed here. One of the most famous stories to come out of Mukesh Mills is about a film shoot that was using a group of children for one particular scene. According to sources, a 10-year-old girl named Deepya became overwhelmed during shooting hours and she started behaving strangely. No one could figure out what was wrong with her. She just fell to the floor. Her body kicked and thrashed as if she were seizing. A production assistant grabbed his phone. This girl needs a doctor, he thought. Deepya then rolled onto her back. She let out a blood-curdling scream and planted her feet deep in the floor. Her back arched. She leaned her head all the way back and over her shoulders and then planted her hands on the floor behind her. Everyone that was present, well, they were totally terrified by this. The other children began to cry. The production assistant decided, uh, yeah, you know, I should probably call the girl's father before 112 for emergency response because honestly, he didn't have any idea what was going on. Deepia's father jumped in the car immediately. No sooner he got the call, he came to his daughter's aid. Once he arrived, everyone told him, she's possessed. Please be careful. Be careful. He scooped her up into his arms and placed her in the backseat of his car. All the while, she screamed as if her insides were on fire. Later on, he came back and told the production team that once they drove away from the mills, she just went back to normal like nothing had ever happened. All I can think here is this. Keep away! The sow is mine! Anybody recognize that? Mmm, it's a pretty decent gem from a very famous horror movie that frightened audiences when it first came out in the 1970s. Um, big hint here. Little girl spins her head around 360 degrees and spits out pea soup. Wink, wink. The stories from Mukesh Mills are endless, I'm afraid. I'm, there, there, there are a ton of them. The spirits here are restless. That, that's more than obvious. They're wandering this deserted area looking to make contact with people, even if it's just to say, get the hell out of here. Do they want people in their home? Obviously not. I don't know about you guys, but I think I'd visit here. Actually, scratch that. I would. I would totally visit here. Who am I kidding? I love this stuff. Otherwise, why would I be sharing these stories with you? Even if me visiting the mills was just a one-time deal, I would still go, take some photos. Maybe while I'm at it, pull out the old spirit box and see who's lingering around. I would be asking them a lot of questions. Mom. <sighs> How are you guys feeling? Good, I hope. I, I hope you've enjoyed this 
presentation of the Bangar Fort and Mukesh Mills because that's all I have for you. <laughs> I know, I know. All good things come to an end, but it was really a lot of fun for me to research both of these places and sift through all the history and the folklore and then of course the the spooky stories. I mean, oh, I I really truly enjoyed this one. India without a doubt is on my list of places to vacation one day. It's a beautiful country and I have always admired the culture. Do I want to investigate both of these places that I've talked about in this episode? Yeah, of course, absolutely. And then a ton more on top of that that I haven't even talked about yet. Bangar Fort has drawn lots of investigators and explorers out over the years. Mukesh Mills, uh, yeah, but not nearly as much. There's a first time for everything, though, right? I'm going to drop some photos of both locations on the podcast Facebook and Instagram pages. Please check them out. Also, if you haven't done so already, join the Hauntingly Yours Lounge on Facebook, where you can meet like-minded people like ourselves and catch up on all things paranormal. Now go, like, review, subscribe, buy some merch, and tell a friend. I appreciate each and every one of you. I really do. Because without you, I wouldn't have a show. Now, for all the show's links, please check out our link tree. L-I-N-K-T-R period E-E backslash hauntingly yours paranormal. Short, sweet, to the point. It's easy to remember. As for our next adventure, my next adventure, I will take us to the Czech Republic, where I believe I have discovered the gateway to hell. Bold claim, I know. But stay tuned for more, because it is going to be a wild ride. The stories, ugh. Until next time, my friends, I'm DC O'Rourke. I am and will remain, much like the spirits, hauntingly yours. Mm-hmm.